Hello, it's Julie Bindle, and this week I'm speaking with the tennis legend and lesbian and feminist campaigner, Martina Navratilova. We've worked so fucking hard to get our own sports, and now it's all been transplanted by the trans lobby, and, and women are pushed aside. Now, Martina won the Wimbledon Women's Singles title a record nine times including six in a row from 1982 to 87. And in all, she won 59 slam titles in singles, doubles and mixed doubles, more than any player in history. In fact, she won the mixed doubles at the US Open just before her 50th birthday in 2006. Martina is a good friend and a feminist comrade, she's also the patron of the Lesbian Project, set up and directed by myself and Kathleen Stock. And it's great to have her on board. Here she is. Massive congratulations for handing Leah Thomas a blinder the other day, which has ended up in our national press, your national press, the international media picked up on it where you basically told Leah about fairness and you said, we shouldn't have to explain to you over and over what the problem is with trans women in women's sports. Do you want to just tell me a little bit about what happened? I remember not censoring myself. Just as a, This is just ridiculous. When she keeps complaining about feminists and she's complaining about how difficult it was to be in the locker room with women. Well, hello. By the way, does anybody ever think about what it's like for the women in the locker room? Does anybody think about what it's like for the women competing against biological men? These are trans identified males. You know, I'm done with the with the with the expression trans woman because it's a trans identified male. It's right. much more specific. Um, and um, and it it kind of explains things. And um, anyway, so I didn't censor myself, and I just put it out there, and and voila, you know, it blew up. And 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 not a peep from Leah. She did not answer answer me. I don't think I will be getting any tweets from her directly. Uh, and if I ever meet Leah, then I will I would say the same thing to her face. You know, quite incredible that Leah Thomas, the biological male, who was a mediocre competitor when competing amongst other men, comes in and fucks the women over and loses them their opportunities, criticises feminists, criticises teammates calling them fake feminists. How the hell dare this man say that, not just to women, but to the women, feminists like you, like me, that actually fight for the rights of women? Nancy Hogs at Makar, who's been fighting for women athletes for decades now, same for Donna Di Verona, both Olympian winners and swimmers, who pointed out to me what lousy technique Leah Thomas has, which is why he was never successful as a man, but is successful as a woman competing against women, not as a woman, but competing against biological females, despite the fact that the technique stinks, whether it's getting off the blocks or making the turn, you know, six foot four. Hello. Um, anyway, so for for Leah to keep complaining, I, I it just it just eats at me, and it's uh, 
you know, the disdain, <clears throat> the disdain for the women that had to share the locker room with Leah, two of whom had been sexually assaulted um, and were stressed every time they just heard the male voice in the dressing room, never mind, you know, a naked body walking around, parading around, complaining that Leah was uncomfortable. Leah was complaining that Leah was uncomfortable in the women's dressing room while walking around naked. Well, if you're that uncomfortable, don't do it. Um, and so it's just so disingenuous, all of it. And then telling women um, who's a feminist and who isn't, uh, just like GTF. Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely, and and how dare some dude prance around with what we call over here his meat and two veg on display? That used to be in in other circumstances. That is called indecent exposure, and there are criminal yeah. penalties well, that's, attached. That's, that's, that's exactly what it is. I mean, uh, yeah, my 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 sister's ex husband used to call it his handicap. <laughs> <laughs> call it equipment uh anyway you don't want to see it you know you don't you don't want to see it and i was just thinking about that the other day as i was getting my radiation my last bits of radiation which is very impersonal you know you strip you take off you, you put on the gown but then you take it off to get the radiation so you're like you're laying there uh, naked from the waist up and i was uncomfortable with the male technician and i didn't care if there was a female technician and getting dressed i don't care if there's other women walking around i just change change the clothing but if there's a guy around i just you know and i'm no prude but it's just uncomfortable and even the male technicians like really you can't but you know at the point i'm getting radiated uh it's just so impersonal anyway uh but I've, i'm safe because there's another woman in the room <clears throat> but it's um you know and i'm and i'm a, a, a capable uh female um but it's still is it, disconcerting um and and you just feel differently being vulnerable in front of women than you do in front of men women do many men, my guys may not care for obvious reasons and women do care for obvious reasons and to discount those feelings those emotions um particularly of women that are that have been assaulted and then they have to be uh, and then they're victimized again over and over and over how many times do they have to live through that trauma exactly and there's a case that's happening this year in Brighton in the UK where a woman who was a survivor of childhood sexual assault and rape in her adult years who went along to one of the rape crisis centres in Brighton and was pretty much kicked out for objecting to the fact that there were obvious males there claiming to be trans women and that there was no other women only service no female only service across the whole of Brighton and which is a city and it's um you know Brighton is um known to be LGBTQQI2 spirit plus friendly but not to women and not to survivors of male violence and she's now having to take a legal case to establish the rights in law for women to have their own services which exclude men. And yet we're gaslighted all the time, aren't we? We're told that we're excluding particularly marginalised groups of women, meaning men. Yeah, yeah. sex-based sex rights have got to stay intact. They have got to be reclaimed in some places and protected in, in most places because 
uh, because of the physiological differences and mentality, quite frankly, uh, of, of the differences between male and female brain. Um, but, you know, regardless of how you identify, this is a fact. You are physically a lot stronger than I am. And, uh, and, and, you know, just look at the numbers. I mean, it's funny because when you, when, you know, when you get cancer, you say, okay, what's the best treatment? What is the best percentage for me to survive the next year, next five years, next 30 years? And then you play those numbers and you take the treatment that's the most effective. And same it is with sexual offenders. What is, what is my best chance of not getting sexually assaulted? It's being with other women. Not with men, you know, when, when a, 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 an unaccompanied minor travels on an airplane, they seat her or him next to a female because right. it's a safer place to be for this child than to be next to a male right. based on numbers. It's all about percentages. So please just let's get real about this. And it's infuriating for particularly for, again, for survivors of, of sexual assault, rape, worse, incest, all of that. Right. Uh, to, to have to to have to explain <laughs> why they need a, a biological female helping them out rather than a biological male. And and as you know, you know one of the big reasons for us deciding to to launch the the lesbian project of which you are our beloved patron was because we are sick of being marginalised, sick of coming behind gay men when it comes to attention, funding, research, and the like. And then in recent years, we've been told that we have to accept male-bodied, trans-identified men in our dating pool. And I wonder, Martina, have you heard about the Tickle versus Giggle case? No. Okay, so, um, so Giggle uh, is a digital, it's a, it's a dating app for lesbians. Yeah. And it's run by a woman called Sal Grover. She um, she has a social media company called Giggle, um, and it, it, its intention is to provide a safe digital space for women and girls where they can find a flatmate, organise socially and date. So that's the dating side of it. But it's also about women kind of meeting up as flatmates, as friends and the like. Yeah. Probably sharing, sharing each other's nannies. You name it, right? Right. And... Guess what happened? Guess who has taken Sal to court? Um, She decided to make the app exclusively for females and she included trans-identifying females, or trans men rather, because we know they're females. And and on Giggle, the the, um, criteria is that you are in possession of a female body regardless of identity. That's it. And then uh, last year, she received a complaint from the Australian Human Rights Commission and the complaint was lodged by Roxy Tickle. And this Roxy character, uh, obviously a man, identifying as a lesbian, referenced a tweet exchange in which um, basically, you know, he was told by Sal that um, she thinks that baths and dating apps and the like should be reserved Four women. Um, and anyway, this whole row has been going on and it's ended up in court. And this bloke is just deciding, based on the fact that gender um, has become um, part of the Sex Discrimination Act in Australia, thanks to Julia Gillard, I'm afraid, um, so that man and woman are not 
interpreted by sex, it's all about identity. So, so we have to watch this case very closely because obviously there's a lot hinging on this. Now, it's, it's about the Australian federal law, but culturally it would, it would definitely have a very negative effect on lesbians in the US, lesbians in the UK and elsewhere if she loses this case because we're constantly being told that trans women are women and that lesbians include trans women and that means men and we're under pressure and we in my day and i think in your day because we're the same generation lesbians didn't have penises yeah last time i checked oh no (laughs) (laughs) so i mean you know lesbians lesbians are women and lesbians are kind of i always think of us as particularly women women because we we are whether we like it or not whether we intend for this or not we are a threat to the patriarchy because we've rejected men from our dating pool, from our intimate lives. Have they done studies on who are the biggest proponents of trans rights? Because I don't think it's trans people themselves. I think it seems to be what I see, the, the, the majority is either straight white men or gay white men that are the biggest proponents of, of the, the, the biggest well, financially, as well as, of course, physically doing all this disruptive stuff and by quite threats of violence and actually actual violence uh, in these public spaces. Um, have they done studies where, where this comes from? You know, who is who is subsidizing it financially and who is supporting it uh, emotionally? I mean, that's a really good, good question. And we at the Lesbian Project have, have done a kind of broad sweep uh, piece of um research looking at where the funding goes, where the funding comes from, and where it's going to within the LGBTQ plus rainbow. And lesbian sure ain't getting the funding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's, t- tell me about Miami. So what, what's the lesbian scene like in Miami? Actually, Julia was like a uh, co-host of a, of, a, of a gay lesbian something or rather they had a celebration a couple of weekends ago and she was the honorary co-chair uh, and I was out of town, thankfully. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, once in a while I, I do these events, but, um, uh, I, I just don't like large gatherings as, as a rule, never have, no matter who it is. Um, so, um, I am not really, um, uh, in, in on the, on the gay scene or the, or certainly not the lesbian scene in town. Our friends are mostly straight, uh, men and women. Uh, and we have some gay friends, but mostly it's straight straight couples. So we're not really in on the on the gay scene that much. Julia's in into it more than I am because of her role on the Housewives of Miami. Yeah, well, I have uh, a friend, uh, Lucy Masood, who's a huge fan of yours, who was a firefighter. She's now a barrister, and she um, watches every single episode of Housewives. She could tell you. Every line in it, every series, the lot. And uh, and she was telling me something about what you were supposedly doing. And I was just laughing at her and said, well, do you think that perhaps you're interpreting what you want to interpret? That somehow all of a sudden you were going to have some big, huge lesbian gathering in Miami. And she admitted it was wishful thinking. It was very funny. But, you know, I don't go to parties if I can avoid it. I hate huge gatherings as well. But I do think it's a real 
shame that lesbians, younger lesbians, any any age lesbians who, who, who like to dance, who like to go clubbing, who like big parties, that they're almost not allowed to have women-only events now. There's barely any lesbian culture left anymore, which is partly what we want to look at uh, why and how to build up those physical spaces because we can't just be friends on Twitter. We can't just yeah, be friends on social yeah. media. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because there will always, right, when you went to these LGBT galas, uh, fundraisers, whatever, uh, it was like 80% men, gay men, and 20% gay women. Um, and and then we kind of got bigger. You know, the percentages got better, maybe 60-40 or 65-35. It wasn't too bad. Right. And now it's uh, the lesbians are disappearing. Uh, now, now, and when you do try to have just your own club or your own venue, your own party, your own dating app, uh, it it it's infiltrated, so to speak. Uh, we can't protect those sex-based spaces, and it's just really weird. And again, you hear it only from one end. You never hear about trans-identified females going into male spaces and and causing havoc you know, one way or the other, whether it's in a bathhouse or a, or a party or, or a sporting event, um, women, trans-identified females, do not cause those issues. It's only the other way around. And it's just so freaking tiring. We've worked so fucking hard to get our own sports, to get the attention, to get the, 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 the money uh, and the, the venues and the support uh, to to be written about more uh, and talked about more by the media because there are more women now in the media, more women photographers, more women writers, etc. So you get you get bit more headlines, and now it's all been transplanted by the trans lobby, and and women are pushed aside again, and it's just exhausting. It really is, and you know I'm so glad that there are out lesbians and increasing numbers of out lesbians who are who have a public profile that are now starting to speak out about this and say, look, we love being lesbians. We love being lesbians because we love women and we are not attracted to men sexually or in any intimate way, romantically. Mm. Can you not just give us that? Just, we went through the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, where... It was pretty grim and women were losing their children in the family courts, certainly in the UK and I know in the US as well, because the violent or abusive ex-male partner wanted custody of the kids just for spite and judges would often, would often give custody to these men. We've been through all of this and we've stood firm and we're now being pushed back in the closet, being told that we are supposed to include men in our dating pool. And I'm not having it. No, why should we? Uh, why should we're fine? You know, we're not enclosed. We're, we're not encroaching on your space. We just want to be left alone. It's like the great Greta Harbour. She didn't say I want to be le- uh, left alone. She said I want to be let alone, meaning let me do what the hell I want to do. Leave me the hell alone, as in don't bother me. This is my space. This is my room. This is what I choose. This is what makes me happy. And do not dare tell me what I need to be doing uh, in my in my intimate, private life. Just don't don't go there. You know I know what I want. I'm an adult. I know I I made my choice long long ago. Um, and it's 
it's and uh, it goes back to again i think male uh entitlement um because yep. they're used to getting their way and you know they've been supported that way since birth and um and god forbid somebody should take that away so you know if i want to go into this space i i can never mind the fact that women could not go into males only clubs for decades and centuries and millennia <laughs> so yeah. we found this and now we need to suck it up again no i don't think so if we didn't have to deal with this trans bullshit what should we be doing to improve the lives and the well-being of lesbians of all ages and of all types? Connect, support, uh, be there for each other. Um, you know, if, if we don't support ourselves, we cannot be expecting others to support us. So and don't don't look for don't look for the um, for the help to come to you. Again, if there's a boat out there, you swim out to it. So we need to, uh, we need to be there for each other, with each other, uh, and for ourselves, first of all, you know, first of all, I need to be supporting of me, and then I can impose it on, uh, and then I can expect that and, 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 and demand it from others. Tell me how we reach across the generational divide, because I know you've, you've got, You've got stepdaughters. I know that you are a great mentor for the younger women on the tennis circuit right now. And, and you know, I, I talk to young women all the time and sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's more challenging. But how do we reach across that divide and say, look, we're here for you, but we're not imposing our values upon you. You've got your own, but we do want to actually stand with you and and we want you to be a part of this community. We want We want to all kind of be together despite difference ask questions you know i would uh, you know you talk to them and and you engage them and then you realize that, that, that there's a lot more in common than than you know 30 years of of difference in ages or, or maybe more um so you you make it personal you make it relevant and you make it current um and and you have to you know, and you have to care which obviously we do so, um, you know, I'm not telling you what to do is <clears throat> what I always tell my daughters. I'm just telling you what I would be doing in your in your shoes with my experience. Now, this is probably the best course of action. Oh, this is what I would be doing in your shoes and, um, you know, make it, you know, op open up the dialogue that way. So you're not giving advice. You're not telling them what to do, but you're like saying, you know, you know, kind of been there, done that. And this is what happened. And this is what I think would be the best course of action. I agree with you. I think that there's some good news on the horizon because so many women of younger generations are now seeing exactly what's happening with these men trying to take over their identity, trying to tell them what to do. I mean, straight women can see it with the way men are pushing kind of porn down their throat and telling them that it's liberating to be choked during sex and all of this yeah, stuff. Right. They're getting wise to that. These women are resisting it and they're coming and speaking out about it. And I think that lesbians, particularly younger lesbians that have the opportunity to talk to other women who dare to admit that they agree, they are seeing how these men are trying to colonise their identities and they're making connections with what happened to us before we had any legal rights and where society was way backwards in thinking that difference was right. acceptable. And, and they're seeing what's happening now as part of the anti-lesbian shtick. 
Yeah, you, you make a good point, and that straight women see it coming because they've been dealing with it their whole lives with men, but young lesbians are not used to that, uh, and and also we're still taught to be accommodating and and you know don't raise don't raise too much of a stink and and be nice, and and you just don't know what to do. Meantime, now in the U.S., we've had such an erasure of women's rights on on the on the abortion rights issue, and it's getting worse. Uh, and and now these young kids, all of a sudden, they never, they did not know the world without um, having control over their bodies. And now all of a sudden, it's taken away. You know, we, they have less rights than we than we had last fifty years. Right. And so it's a bit shock to the system here in the U.S. You don't have it in Europe, but uh, we certainly have it here. So they're paying more attention um, uh, to to that, and and because now it's affecting them personally. Because you think once you make human rights goes forward, you you don't think you have to keep fighting that battle over and over, but you do. You know, and and again here in in the states, but you know you have these uh, fascist right wing, extreme right wing uh, governments in in Europe, in Poland, Hungary, now Italy. Um, you know, the, the guy almost won in, in Austria a couple of years ago. Uh, it's the, and, and what happened with Marine Le Pen in France? It's you know, they're making inroads, they're like humanizing their inhumanity. <laughs> yeah, and, totally. And we're, falling for it. we're falling for it. And we, you know, we make connections with women who, I mean, obviously, any woman of any sexual orientation might need an abortion because, unfortunately, male violence towards women and girls is just every day but largely it's heterosexual women in relationships with men or who have sex with men who need to access those services we make connections with those women and their loss of rights and the threat to their rights and how we as lesbians are being told that we have no right to our sexual autonomy and we have no right to our same-sex attracted status so i think we need to build those bridges across sexual identities and orientations as well as generations don't we i agree i mean we as as women are in the same boat straight or gay really yeah. and uh and are attacked on on so many different fronts but we're still we'll, but but the commonality is we're being attacked uh so we need to stick together and support one another and and listen to each other and uh, and be there for one another and and not compartmentalize too much because at the end of the day it's we're in the same boat martina it's always a pleasure to talk to you this has been a particular pleasure because I haven't seen you for ages. And I'm hoping that I'm going to see you in the summer in real life. I'll see you in London one way or the other for sure. Thank you for listening. I'm planning a trip to Wimbledon this summer and I'll be seeing Martina so I might bring you more. Watch this space. Watch this space.